Welcome to TradFi to DeFi, a community-driven podcast about crypto and decentralized finance. This is Tyler Sherwin, and I'm joined by John Tejan. Together, our goal is to teach, encourage, and inspire you to seize opportunities in this emerging world of DeFi. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. This is the TradFi to DeFi community call. I'm joined by John and John. As our usual tradition, every Friday, we like to kind of talk about the latest trends in the market and things that are top of mind for us. Um, and I think what we wanted to start off right away talking about is just sort of the the real trendy topic and a lot of its uh, overlap with crypto. It seems that a lot of very, very smart people, when crypto was getting uh, a lot of its traction during the last bull market, a lot of very smart people dove into crypto as the latest hot, new, shiny object. And now we're seeing a lot of same similar smart people pivoting towards AI. Um, and I think we wanted to try to maybe untangle whether or not it's uh, uh, serious or not, or people are burned out on crypto and are moving to AI because it's just the shiny new penny, or is there something more serious going on here? So John, you were telling me right before we started the recording, kind of some of your thoughts on where you've been seeing this head. Yeah, no, I, I mean, there, there's a number of issues around that, you know, because, you know, before we get into the AI thing, although it is quite related, is, you know, I've been looking at for the past mm, 12 or 18 months, you know, how there was a very strong correlation between crypto and high uh, high risk Nasdaq tech stocks. Uh, they 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 seem to track quite closely over that period of time, and and it was, uh, you know, and and the question I always had in mind. When is that decoupling event going to happen? When is crypto going to be looked at differently from, you know, high risk, high tech, uh, you know, high PE uh, uh, stocks, equities, you know, because I, I just didn't see anything shifting. You'd check the, the, the markets every day, you know, the Nasdaq's up, uh, crypto's up, and the next day Nasdaq's down, crypto's down. It seems like they're running off the same signals, which was probably, I'm assuming, interest rate uh, uh, driven, you know, and, and, and that's totally understandable. But something's happened recently. There's There's definitely been a change. There's definitely been a change because... Nasdaq's been on a tear at least this week and actually for probably a month now and and crypto is just kind of dead in water it's not going anywhere it it almost seems as if everyone's left crypto for the AI and a good example of this and that's where that's what I'm getting to is like is all of this tech investment piling into AI names or speculative AI names and because Regardless of whether you're in a bear or a bull market, there are there's masses of amounts of money and liquidity in the market that is chasing the shiny penny, the high yield, the next big thing, because yes. that's how those markets work. They are not conservative dividend portfolio investing money. That's not what that money is in the market for. Therefore, chasing the next big thing, skating to the puck where it's going to be, so on and so forth. 
And I think that's what you're experiencing now. And I, and, and it's kind of leaving a bit of vacuum there in, in crypto. And it's just kind of floating along at a, at a level with no direction, with not a lot of volume, uh, you know, so that's where we're at right now, which is markedly different than where we've been for the last 18 months. You know, it's all interest rate driven, you know, and we if we talk about interest rates, well, it's pretty much baked in, you know, they're not going to be dropping rates anytime soon, but they're probably going to pause for a period of time to see how the, the, the uh, economy does. So I think we're, I think, I you're think right. we're in a, as far as crypto goes, um, uh, it's it's not real bullish at the, this moment, you know, and, and a lot of. And there's something interesting, too, here, which is the convergence of the things you described. Right. So the, the interest rates going up and then crypto being, you know, kind of counter signaling that, and you know, not really taking off in a risk off environment makes mm -hmm. a lot of sense. Um, but AI coming in at a time is really interesting because you're now seeing increased discussions from a regulatory perspective about, oh, we need to regulate AI. Um, it's almost as if, you know, the regulation uh, FUD has really beat crypto to a point where we have people that are afraid to move into it. And I'll give you just one anecdote. I have a uh, friend of mine who's a, um, he's a uh, founder of a DeFi company and he's, he's absolutely terrified of the regulators, all these articles coming out about, um, you know, cracking down on exchanges and things, and he's terrified his product is going to be considered an exchange, et cetera, et cetera. So he's trying to shift the the entire ecosystem into a public good and then spin up a separate company that's like not-for-profit, kind of like the Ethereum Foundation. He's freaking out, and it's just, you know, paralyzing him, and I'm seeing his entire Discord just get really quiet and not a lot of activity. We've seen that, you know, decline in our own Discords as well, and, you know, there's just a general sort of malaise in the crypto yeah. environment as well. Um, which is a perfect environment for AI to come along and then people just to jump to it. Um, but I'm seeing the same beating of the drum that was happening with crypto was AI regulation. And, you know, you're getting people coming out saying, oh, we need to pause AI and we need to, you know, we need to build a framework for AI and all this stuff. Um, it's like, man, regulators sure didn't get crypto right. They're still not getting it right. We have not solved it. I don't think we're ready to actually give AI a very serious, you know, regulatory sandbox or regime that we can all get behind and understand if we can't even get crypto in the place of that. And and just the last anecdote I'll give on this sort of transition from crypto into AI is that Paradigm, one of the most well-known crypto-only VC funds uh, who I have friends at, and it's a pretty great reputation, according to some in the industry, they've now pivoted to also do AI. And I just posted the article in our chat so people can take a look at that if they want to read more. Um, and, and, you know, some people are saying that they're just sort of grifting into this new thing, right? Because crypto was the shiny thing that everyone was interested in and now it's AI. Yeah, and I think I think that's 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 spot on, I, I you know, because, um, yeah, it, it, it just seems to be that's the way it is. And, AI, and I, I didn't really, uh, wasn't aware of the, the perspective of well AI is is you know gonna meet its own have its own day in the sun with regulators and and that you know that to me um would 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 caution me to not go too heavy into it because frankly from my own personal investing um uh perspective I've not allocated any money into the AI space because number one I'm not that well versed in it number two 
I think in this market where people are just grasping for yield and return and and the heavy move, I mean, the, the NASDAQ moving this week and and it's just like everybody's looking for that thing and I'm not sure it's there. I'm not I'm not calling it vaporware, but is there really that much to what is there? We're all being sold on the uh, the abilities and what can happen with AI and what it what its potentials are, but in actuality, are they? Uh, I guess I'm very skeptical at this point and not allocating any money to that sector. But you know, uh, and it's not like I'm a huge you know a hedge fund guy or anything. <laughs> Far from it. It's just my personal money. But uh, you know, I I. I I see people chasing things. It's kind of a chasing market because it's it's not uh, the tide's not right raising all boats at the same time. It's just maybe here, maybe there, and you know it is. I can jump in on that. There's um. Did you see? I'm guessing you guys Correct. saw Nvidia. Yeah. So so that's that's sort of a picks and shovels crowding and i think where where a lot of people are like you john and are thinking to themselves you know what the hell's going on here is this real blah 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 i don't know any you know i don't know if anything's true but i do know that nvidia is the supplier of the picks and shovels so let's let's you know crowd into that i think that is sort of the market's understanding uh, of it at the moment um in that like they don't know what the chips are going to be used for but they know that there's a ton of chips that are going to be required right. specifically for that um and it's interesting because i was actually talking to a um to a consulting client of mine who actually just um is we're, we're discussing a new contract for me to teach him how to use ChatGBT4 and um, some other tools to parse and analyze and produce financial reports. So that should be interesting. Um, but he he was taught his his main thesis is all centered around Alibaba, um, and Alibaba has um, a lot of different elements, different business elements. And um, long story short, they're getting sort of broken up. Um, but one of the key business elements is Alibaba Cloud, um, and um, my my client is is under the impression that uh, that they basically have a you know a foothold, a serious foothold in in China, and that they are basically going to repeat you know what Microsoft and Nvidia have done. Um, recently with their investor reception for you know their foray into ai so you know there's there's a lot of different ways to do it but i think at the moment the u.s market really only understands like the big names and the sort of baseline requirements for the industry i, I don't think there's like a differentiated play at the moment other than people just piling into nvidia right is is Nvidia like the middle of the bell curve move because like we just don't know what the winners are, right? Like you just you just yeah, you're buying exactly. infrastructure, like you said, picks and shovels. I mean, couldn't you also get AMD or other graphics um, hard companies, or is there something unique about Nvidia? 
So NVIDIA has, um, as I understand it, NVIDIA has the combination of um, hardware and software. Um, most of the other companies, such as Intel and AMD, from my limited understanding, don't have the same breadth and depth and robustness of the software product suite and software support. Um, so that's a big differentiator, as I understand, with NVIDIA versus the other manufacturers. Right, because I, I know there for a while I actually owned NVIDIA, and I'm sorry to say I don't anymore. Um, but, you know, that was another thing during the, you know, the Bitcoin run and Bitcoin mining and, and you know, using NVIDIA chips to do, uh, you know, mining with. And that was a really big you know, stake for them, or I shouldn't say a stake for them from an investor perspective of, oh, well, I'm going to buy NVIDIA because, you know, they make the best miners, so on, or the, the chips that go on the miners and so on and so forth. And now it's kind of being shifted to AI. So I, I can understand that. And, and yeah, I guess, you know, it's kind of a little bit late to jump in on NVIDIA now. I don't think, you know, there's 100% move left in it, you know. <laughs> But you know who knows. Um, but yeah, it's 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 interesting how 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 the the sands shift rather quickly in the past you know six months, say, with all of these these especially AI. That certainly it's not that nobody saw it coming, but you know when there's nothing else good to talk about in the investment community and where to allocate money. I mean, that is the topic right now. I mean, that's number. Yeah, it is. It is funny, though, because as I was talking to my client, he was he was talking about how Microsoft has been on a tear the past six months and uh, NVIDIA the past six days and uh, Alibaba in, in comparison is now like, I don't know, 40 percent or something. Um, and so if you are like a. um a what's it called uh if you're gonna think you know go against the grain you can think well okay if alibaba is going to be the sole sort of cloud provider for these ai services in china like at at what point are american investors going to stop bashing china for the sake of bashing china and start betting you know at least speculating on it um it's if you look at the charts, though, they are stark contrast to each other. They're almost inverted for Microsoft and Alibaba, actually. It's it's pretty wild, um, and I think it just comes down to anti-China rhetoric and, um, you know, just the uncertainty about capital controls and stuff for, for foreign investors. That's, that's, that, 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 that's an interesting point, you know, because I never, you know, I've, 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 been avoiding China myself and investing directly in any of that those 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 equities that are that are Chinese based and and it's it's yeah maybe it's time to pivot. I mean, I'd like to hear your oh. reason why, um, just like in general, because that seems to be a very prevalent yeah. you know, oh, thought thought no, pattern or, or no thinking trap that people get in. Reason why. It's more headline-driven, uh, geopolitical, 
uh, type things. It's like, I just don't want exposure to something that could blow up, you know. Uh, but but that, that, that can be said about a lot of different markets. And maybe it's a bit of bias, uh, anti-Chinese bias I may have, you know, some latent bias that I have. Yeah, no, I think all Americans have it, and I think it's reinforced by the media. But, I mean, for me, uh, it was like, okay, you know, the real estate market seems sort of really in a bad spot for China. That's 30, 40% of their GDP, and, you know, what's going on there? Um, so, for me, that was that. And then everything else is just like, right. you know, data surrounding emotions. But it is interesting how... You know, at the end of the day, when I looked at the chart, I was just like, this is just getting sold. Like, people are just selling this. Like, it's pretty crazy. Like, it just put in a new, like, three, six month low. Um, and they reported, like, gangbusters earnings numbers and projections. So there's definitely something, somebody's wrong. <laughs> did you, so I thought, I thought when you said Alibaba was down 40% or did you say they were up 40%? Down, down. They've been like down only for a while. Strange. So they're the contrarian bet here, of course, is that their moves in AI, assuming no systemic Chinese risk, which to John's point, I, I kind of, that's why I would stay away from it as well. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, without that, weighing heavy on it i wonder if others will catch on right or at what point does the upside outweigh the risk you know like at what point do the scales even out for for the risk and reward um i'll forward you guys the report right now and uh and you guys can check it out it's it's really well done he does a good job with it yeah that sounds very like a very exciting thesis i'd, I'd love to read that i think for a yeah, lot of now folks keep too, in mind he's had this thesis for like four years that I've known him and the price has gone from 80 to 300 to 60 to 120 back down to 80. So <laughs> it's been a fucking wild ride. Um, but yeah, like it's very volatile. So I understand why people are hesitant. Yeah. I think I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a, you know, global conflict with you know a hot war breaking out between China and USA in in our lifetimes, and I think it's just a matter of when. And I think that's another reason why a lot of people are very just, you know, it's like you know people aren't investing in Russian stocks right. and assets. Well, people are, someone... but they're people who don't care about like sanctions and stuff. Yeah. By the way, John, what's your what's uh, your email again? Oh, that's true. Uh, don't say it over the recording. We'll uh, no. DM it. All right. It. Well, I'll, I'll I'm sending it to the to the. Yeah, well, I'm I'm sending it to Tyler's email, the TradFi one, um, and then er, hmm, how can I do this? Yeah, just send it in there, and I'll look in there. So what, we the don't want basic, everyone to know his email. What is what is the what is Alibaba's <laughs> like AI thesis? Cool. Is that in the report, or is it I just think that it is? Yeah. Well, that's, okay. that's kind of interesting because you keep saying Alibaba, it. and I, I, I admit that I have not done a deep dive into Alibaba's business. But when you say they have a, 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 a cloud computing segment, you know, and we already know that Alibaba is a Chinese version of Amazon, and Amazon has their own 
And Amazon has their own cloud mm-hmm. service. Uh, it's actually much bigger than Amazon. Yeah, so it's actually much, much bigger than Amazon by um, by services offered right. and by total available market. Um, but it's, I think it's, there's, there's a couple of core problems with the comparison, but, um, but like Alibaba also basically owns like a ton of, um, equity in, uh, in a ton of startups, uh, like I think 11 or some double, some double digit teens number of these uh-huh. are, are IPOing in the next year or two. So, like, if this thing hits, it's going to be really crazy. Um, I'm wondering if, if the, yeah. uh, the ability for Chinese companies to do that type of investing in startups, and, you know, I know in the U.S. there's some regulations that kind of... Uh, right. Which, yeah, which, the Chinese you know, do uh, not have regulations you know, around that. Right, you know, because... Not yet, anyways. Amazon's just always been, yeah, you have a good product, we're just going to buy you. (laughs) You know, you got a good service, we're just going to buy you. We're not going to invest. Yeah, I mean, it's a very effective, Facebook does the same thing. It's a very effective way of stifling competition. From what I'm hearing you say, that Alibaba is more of a startup investor as opposed to venture partner. Yeah. You know. Mhm. Yeah, like they they have a large stake in Didi, um, which is a ride sharing app similar to Uber. They have large. They basically have large shares in every analog uh-huh. to American tech companies. Um, so they have an electric car company. They have a ride share company. They have a food delivery service company. They have a a payments platform um i mean granted it does it does seem like there is an anti-monopolization wave going through alibaba um but i would read through the report and see see what he thinks um because that is you know there's there's a double-sided sword on that where you know even if there is anti-monopolization efforts going on the sale gets distributed to equity holders in some way. And that's that's a very, you know, service level representation of the value proposition. But it's it it does help manage the, the regulatory risk a little bit to know that there is financial upside even if it is executed. Hopefully I'll I'll keep my eye on that, you know, because I I've, I've, I've not spent a lot of like i said the deep dive in alibaba and you've told me more about it in the last five minutes than than i've known so (laughs) yeah well the report the report should help it is um and then also apparently china's q2 is closing soon um and we're going to be generating a report around that also um so that should give a much clearer, or I don't know about clear, but more granular macro picture um, where he's projecting China mm-hmm. comes in at 7.2% growth and the United right. States is around 2% growth. Um, so I do think that could shift the major 
you know, perspective on on growth. Um, but we'll see. Very cool, John. Thank you for sharing that uh, alpha. Always appreciate you doing that. And for those that don't know, John has spent a lot of time uh, really exploring ChatGPT and a variety of other AI tech that's come out recently. Yeah, I, he's I like would like to say, person. like, do not invest in Alibaba based on my recommendations because, yes. like, I've watched it for the past four years. And it has not gone the way we thought it would go in the past. Um, like, full stop. <laughs> yeah, the usual like disclaimer is a chart. Yeah, but if you look at the chart also, it's like, I have research that goes like, you know, four years ago. And the projections that we had were totally legitimate. And none of it mattered because of China's sort of crackdown on... Um, on what's his name um the billionaire uh jack ma so like it, i understand the trepidation for investing in china um that being said it does seem like there is a new um secular tailwind that could dramatically improve the valuation of their business so uh, well who knows but it's making new lows as we're as we're talking, I mean, not actively, I think today it's up like 3% last I checked, but, um, yeah, it's very volatile. It's very hard to predict, but long term, I do think that, you know, it, it will do well. Cool. So on the AI and crypto topic, is there anything else that uh, folks are seeing intersect? Has anyone seen any cool crypto and AI crossover stuff? Or has everybody just fully <laughs> abandoned crypto for AI in the circles so I, that you're hanging out in? I haven't seen any crossover yet um, other than like basic ops stuff. Um, I've seen... Um, I, you know, it's the only thing that I've been thinking recently is that the, the pace of development and the rate of change that is brought by AI and the cross-pollination of, 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 you know, tech as a service or whatever software as a service and AI is, is much faster than anything I've ever seen before. Um, there's like 15 new product integrations a week, like every seven days there are like 10 to 15 software as a service companies that are rolling out like new functionalities utilizing AI um, in multiple media formats. So um, I don't know, did you guys see the Photoshop AI fill um, feature that, that was making the rounds on, on social media yeah. in the past 48 hours? So. So typically in, in Photoshop, you can select an area of uh, an image and you can edit that image or that area of the image or whatever. Um, one of the crazy things is I saw a picture of a woman who um, the picture is in Photoshop and she's editing it in Photoshop and she has her arm across her chest, sort of like a seatbelt and her hair is covering the left side and her shirt is open or is visible on the right side. She takes the lasso tool, she lassos around the visible shirt and says, AI generate fill. Um, and it 
changes the clothing entirely. Like it just generates a different top, like six different ways in like four seconds. Um, and like, that's one example of how, like for us, we're talking about ChatGPT, but there are a handful, if not, you know, two handfuls of AI medium uh, I mean, technically it's media, uh, but like, you know, channels of content that are being implemented, developed and, um, and integrated into existing software platforms. So it's, 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 it's so it's a lot faster than anything I've ever seen before. Um, just to reiterate that, I mean, it's faster than we saw phone apps. It's faster than we saw crypto. It's faster than, you know, almost everything. So it's it's really interesting to see, like, the rate of, of the pace of development and um, and just observe that, like, rate of change over time. Because if it continues at this rate of change, like, it's I'm thinking it's like an S-curve. Like, it's just going to go, like, straight, you know, vertical at some point. Everything is going to be changing, and then it's going to equalize and you know everything will have ai um so it's interesting to be in this like you know vertical period where every week you know a dozen things are getting integrations with with multimodal ai so it's pretty crazy to see um yeah i'm interested if, if you guys have noticed that or if there are any things that jumped out at you in the past week or two well, much like you guys, I'm probably also getting inundated with the same Twitter threads that you are that say, I just made a million dollars on ChatGPT in five minutes, and here's how you can do it in five easy tweets. Um, but there has been definitely some amazing stuff that I've seen on there. Like I've seen stuff where people can take photos and they can get AI recommendations for interior design. I can see a ton of applications for that. Um, I see so many fascinating like videos, like you were mentioning, uh, John, just now about like the lasso and fill feature. Um, we've moved way beyond just like the cool AI profile pictures of which I am sporting one right now, which just feels very old compared to like just the crazy new things that are happening in AI. And I know that you're tracking that pretty closely in your, uh, telegram group as well, but honestly, it's, it's pretty overwhelming. Like there's just so much to do and I'm still having a lot of fun with just pure chat GPT, just doing act as, you know, prompts that are really you know, trying to get like, you know, act as a real estate investor or act as a stock analyst. Um, I recently found on Robinhood or via Robinhood, you can get this uh, integration with a um, app called Autopilot, which is connects via API to your Robinhood app. And someone created a chat GPT portfolio. And so I actually threw some money into that just to see how it would do. Uh, it's up so far, like 5%. But it's very interesting. Like they took ChatGPT and fed it a bunch of financial data, um, gave it a ton of prompts, of course, and it selected like, a, I think it was 10 different stocks um, and analyzed them for based on their financial statements, etc. And uh, it's pretty cool. Like that sort of application of AI, I think is is very exciting. Yeah, actually, and to piggyback off that, so that is um, like a very 
um, basic version of financial analysis that can be like spread out to the masses that I think will be very profitable for whoever, you know, puts that into an index fund or whatever. Um, but what's really, what I'm really looking forward to, I think we talked about this two weeks ago was uh, Bloomberg GBT, um, which is the LLM based on all of the financial reporting and data and communications. Um, like financial news data that Bloomberg has collected and indexed. Um, and that's going to be, that's going to be a game changer. Like that's going to allow, I think I said this last time, but I didn't record it. So I'll say it again, but basically, you know, the analyst used to be the, um, the transfer mechanism between reports and investors making investment decisions. But now the investors making investment decisions can just query um, ChatGPT and say something along the lines of the following query, you know, please show me all companies that were founded, you know, in the last 25 years that have an earnings per share of on average or trending towards, you know, $4.50 um, with less than 200 employees who have had a, uh, you know, all the way through Series B financing or fundraising. And, you know, the CEO went to Harvard, MIT, or uh, Stanford. And that is like an insane SQL query that you can just talk or type it into an interface and it will query the system and reply with, the breakdown of companies that that is. And then you can say, you know, based on that, please make a strategy of, um, you know, doing a, uh, you know, t uh, TWAP in over the course of, you know, the next 18 months with a billion dollars worth of capital. How much is that going to cost me? How much am I going to get? What fees am I going to pay? What tax implications are like down the road? Do I have to pay attention to like, what are the relevant dates? What are the relevant earnings? What are the relevant, you know, um, every little granular piece of life of the data, like they can just toss that in there and get it. So in the way that you're talking about, you know, analyzing past um, financial statements to get recommendations for which companies to invest in. You can also get recommendations on which companies to look at. And then once you've found the companies, then you can basically cross-section them even finer. Um, so that's going to be extremely interesting. I'm very excited to see when Bloomberg GPT comes out. Uh, apparently, it's going to be like 15K a month minimum. Um, but we'll see. 15 or 50, I don't know. They could put any amount sure. of cost on it, and I guarantee you. Sure. So. You know, one of my so true. cautions, again, because maybe I'm just very conservative, and because of this, John, as you put it, you've, you've never seen the, the, the movement in that direction on, on any specific thing, you know, like AI. It just kind of boggles the mind how people are moving so quickly in that direction. But... You know, is it going to get to the point where everything in every product imaginable is going to have AI part of their marketing, whether it's even a significant part of the product? 
but it's like, well, it's, we use AI in the, you know, this product and, and it becomes a marketing gimmick, whether it is in essence, a valuable part of the product, but it's like people just throw that on as a marketing tagline, you know, powered by AI, you know, whether it is functionally improved by being powered by AI or, or maybe that's the way they've always done it and they're just now telling you about it. But I, I, I guess I'm, I'm a bit of a, uh, a skeptic, not, not, in, not in AI, but when people are marketing with that, uh, that in, their, in their pitch, um, you know, how do you ferret that out and just call bullshit on people and just say, you know, you're just, you're just using buzzwords, you know? Is that, is that, is that something to be, uh, you know, cautious of? In, in this market. Oh, it always is. I mean, it's, you got to make sure it's like actually adding value. Um, I'm trying to look up the actual chart here, but I recently took a really cool um, executive uh, education course from this group called Reforge. They offer right. a tech education series that are like MBA level. And uh, they talk about this. Um, oh, what was the word for it? Like as soon as a new, um, trend or um, tip or trick is discovered, it quickly gets exploited by the market and it has a half-life to it, right? And so I think chat, GPT, and other AI enhancements to products may in fact have a half-life to at least the adoption aspects of it. I do think, of course, we all would agree that they do find efficiencies and improve your uh, processes, uh, but then pretty soon maybe they'll all become ubiquitous and it's just something that every product has. And so there is a bit of a gold rush, I think, to kind of capture the narrative. Again, like it seems like in this podcast, we're constantly talking about the narrative and, you know, playing into or out of that. And I think, um, let's see if I can find this chart. This is really cool. Uh, basically, as, as this exciting trend is being exploited, we're going to see what works and what doesn't. I mean, I think we'd all agree that like, a chat GPT enhancement to your, um, like your, your uh, Postmates is really not going to do much for you, right? Like maybe it'll give you AI recommendations on what to eat, but pretty much you're using Postmates because you know what you want and you just want it right away. Chat GPT isn't necessarily going to improve that process for you, right? Um, and then another thing too, like if you're using it with Airbnb, are you really going to want to be like messaging right. with chat GPT or do you want to actually talk to the host? You know, there's definitely going to be stupid applications of chat GPT that people will quickly get frustrated with. Um, but then there's going to be other ones right. that are just going you know, to unlock because, massive you know, you, potential. You, and we all we, we, uh, inevitably in crypto or in AI or whatever high tech sector that's emerging at the time that everybody always makes these corollaries or these, these, these comparisons to to the internet right it's like you know because it's just it's unavoidable right because that's obviously in our lifetimes the greatest technology shift in society that has had profound impacts uh you know and and it's like you know well we we're we're online now you know and it's like but i don't really care for you to be online even though it's kind of cool that you have a website and i can go to I still like the traditional way that I've always bought your product. And it's like, you know, okay, everybody is pushing that technology to stay relevant or contemporary to what's going on. And like you said, does it really add value or is it just adding to their marketability, you know, and so
Yeah. And I'll give you an example. For instance, I just recently got a new car, although it was recently used to me, it's new and it's, I haven't had a car, um, newer than I think like 2015 or 16 for a while. And so getting a 2022 model was like a new experience for me. And, uh, it's so much more electric inside. It's not an electric vehicle, but now it's got a touch screen. Right. And then it's got this driver monitoring system that alerts me when I, my eyes are off the road. Right. And then it's also got this, like, uh, you know, lane departure warning feature. And, you know, th- these are, these are, yeah, well, exactly. I'm starting to turn it all off and I'm like, you know, Hey, this is cool and all, but I, I'm having to opt out now of these new enhanced features that I don't necessarily want. I can see why they're helpful to some, maybe elderly drivers or, you know, your teenagers that you give the car to. But, you know, for me, you know, what's that stereotype? Everyone thinks they're an above average driver, but obviously we can't all be above average drivers because then it wouldn't actually be an average. So my situation, of course, is like fighting that adoption of this new tech in a small capacity in my own little private war in my own vehicle. How much more is the tech that we interact with going to be influenced by AI that we're maybe not even aware of? Because it can hide under the surface so much more. I mean, there's so much SEO, AI um, applications. There's so many blogs that are being written by AI that are just absolutely vapid, useless content that doesn't help anybody. And then, of course, there's AI that's doing really great work that's you know making really good content that's being controlled by a really good prompt engineer to make really high quality content. But I do kind of worry in some ways that like you know how as soon as everybody <laughs> can figure out how to make a, a website. There were a bunch of really crappy websites on the internet. Well, pretty soon, we're probably going to be interacting with a bunch of crappy AI prompts that someone else did. You know, I really do hope, like, prompt engineering, I think, is is the kind of the key to all of this. If, if of course, that, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm being a bit of, like, I'm making some schemorphic assumptions about how AI will look in the future. Maybe in the future, we're not really prompting in the same way that we do with BARD and chat gpt you know i mean there's always a paradigm shift like if you would have asked me several many months ago i would have not known what a prompt was to communicate with an ai you know it's like a brand new thing when chat gpt came out so this we're we're witnessing it all over again guys right like we witness crypto to an to a extent kind of evolve before our eyes and it's continuing to do so and now ai is coming along which is going to evolve everything else because ai is like uh it, it can evolve other fields not just its own well, so that's that's one thing that so like when you talk about um we're gonna you know there are a bunch of shitty websites so we're gonna get a bunch of shitty prompts. I think there's a flaw in that sort of line of reasoning because um in the same way that you can um you can upgrade Ethereum and it applies horizontally um to the entire industry and the entire ecosystem, you you all, you get that same benefit with um prompt engineering so like going from like let's take notion for example so notion is a note-taking and ops organizational you know um data management platform for for collaborating remotely online with with a distributed team so if you're using chat gbt's you know let's call it three or 3.5 one of the deprecated versions on notion um it's, you know, either it works or it doesn't, right, for your needs, but, or, or it's good enough. Um, but then, like, when ChatGBT4 comes out, um, it, it just gets applied in the background. Like, you, you won't actually know that it's being applied. Like, an end user of Ethereum 
wouldn't have known that the merge was happening and it went from proof of work to proof of stake. But, you know, for example, maybe now they realize, oh, my transactions go through every 12 seconds. Like that's, it's, it is extremely consistent now. And they might not, you know, the average user might not recognize or appreciate that, but the power user definitely will. And the operators behind the software platforms like Notion will because, you know, their tooling will improve without any additional work or cost to them, um, unless, you know, the pricing structure changes or whatever. Um, but I am hesitant about there being like that awkward sort of proliferation of shitty websites as like a good example. Um, because at the end of the day, like it's not in the forefront and visual in the way that websites are and the tool system, the, the toolkits are not, I mean, they're basic, but they're, they're nowhere near as basic as it was when websites came out. Right. And this is really stretching the, the um, analogy a little thin, but like, if you think about the supporting ecosystem of tools and software and businesses and, just connectivity, um, really, which combines and, and accesses the latent creativity across the globe. Um, it's it is it is categorically different, I think, to the website example. I think it's actually more similar to Ethereum getting an upgrade as a value transfer system, um, and. You know the fact that the smart contracts can be upgradable. I think I think that is a more important way to think about it. That when an improvement happens, it it happens across the entire ecosystem in one shot, instead of individuals, for example, learning how to program websites better. Um, I agree, so I but think- talk about systemic risk, right? Like you're not going to have this noticeable on the front end sort of user experience, but you know, if something breaks and then suddenly we're all noticing that all of these websites have the same sort of bizarre thing. Yeah. That that is, that is one of the largest risks actually that, that one of the bank list interviewees brought up um, one of the other counterparties to LEs there um, talking about like the AI risks is that like at at some point it is going to be 100% saturated. And then if something goes wrong, it's, it is, it is catastrophic. It is, you know, doomsday scenario. Um, like if, 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 uh, if Tesla rolls out 10 million self-driving cars and they work great for the first 10 years and then everyone rolls out self-driving cars and then there's only self-driving cars and then something happens like, (laughs) yes, that is a, a existential risk. Uh, that is definitely worth mentioning. Well, we've done a good job covering this topic in a very broad strokes and even drilling down into a couple of different financial plays folks can make. Of course, I want to make sure that we give the usual disclaimers. Of course, this is uh, not investment advice. Make sure you always do your own research before you make any investments. Um, Barbara no, John, I'd be pretty can, happy with this conversation. Is there anything for, else you'd like to add some time, before but, we wrap um, up? For, for our weekly call, it, it, it really, I think it's been... Um, a, a really good one. I mean, I think there's a lot in here that I think people are thinking about in their own minds, and I, I'm glad we covered it. And, you know, I'm not saying 
this 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 uh this call is going to pivot to an ai call but it is relevant it's relevant to to to, to the space that we're in because <laughs> it sure you know, is uh, and uh, you know when john was talking about what you're talking about tyler about you know if everything is generated by ai and then there's this really there's there's this risk of everything going to shit all at once because it's all based on the same uh, you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> I don't have the vocabulary because I'm not up on. But you know, but but, but doesn't same, that get it, back yeah, to bring yeah, this back to crypto? <laughs> but yeah, see, like that's is your that point. a problem of centralization versus decentralization? You know that if everybody goes to the same place to do their business, we're all at the same risk because there's only one place to go to do business. Yeah, we all go to the same watering hole and, and we all get poisoned. Yeah, it's I, in fact, like that's the type of thing I want to chew on this week. And I would invite our listeners to let us know if they have questions or thoughts or ideas on this topic, which is, you know, all these crypto systems build up governing councils or governing bodies um, and decentralize themselves and distribute their tokens over time. Uh, can similar models be applied to AI and should they? Or are there really just going to be massive amounts of power held in the hands of very few interests? Um, I'm afraid you know history tends to show that um, although things may start with an open source sort of ideal, they oftentimes do end up being controlled by uh, smaller interests. Again, we'll always shout out the Master Switch book, which John uh, yeah, John just, mentioned to us in the past. Say, I'm, it, I'm still know, listening it through it. Ways. It's so it goes both ways. Know, it can yeah. go from centralization to decentralization, monopoly to, you know, broken up and, and broken up to monopoly. So it's not as bleak as uh, or as progressive as we as we may think. It is uh, definitely a double edged sword. Agreed. So with that, I think I'll turn awesome. off the recording. Thank you all for joining and um, we'll catch you guys on the next one.